0: The meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's interesting to note, at least in my mind, that the Beatitudes are up front very metaphysical in nature. Not a cut-and-dry pronouncement necessarily as found maybe in the commandments of the Old Testament. For on the surface they dealt with unambiguous words and thinking. Everyone knew what stealing and lying and adultery and killing and all the rest meant. But with the coming of a soul who... I like the term who used or who understood the DOS of life. DOS is a computer term that speaks to the often transparent language that allows all programs to work because he understood that life is consciousness and that we are in the loop of how things manifest. His teaching and especially the Beatitudes are but the outer covering for a metaphysical code of such. New stuff. Can you remember when you first heard or read this beatitude? How did you feel about the obvious incongruity of people who have a Mr. Milktoast personality becoming lord and master of the earth, of the world? It doesn't sound reasonable to the average thinker, of course, and hopefully it leads then not to a discarding of everything, but to the desire to dig more deeply and find what is there to be found. Please remember... The Bible is an Eastern book, and it is full of idioms that are not understood by the Western mind necessarily, even to those who have translated the Bible, save one, George Lamza and the Lamza Bible, which was translated from the original Aramaic into English. And not only did the writers of the Bible use prolifically the idiom and the parable, but their culture... And hence their written and spoken language was, was replete with exaggeration. And if we do not understand this, even as we read the Bible today, we lack insight into the wealth of its meaning. But to give example, when in Job we find the reference to his lament, he said, I used to wash my porch in butter. He was simply saying that he was once wealthy. And we read that Lot's wife was changed to a pillar of salt. We're reading an Aramaic idiom that tells of a cerebral hemorrhage. She had a stroke. God didn't change her into a salt lick. She had a stroke. So the next time you have a conversation with someone who yet thinks the Bible is the literal word, base value, from Genesis to Revelation, you can reference these two things, and there are many, many more. So in our Beatitude du jour, we have two major words to decode so as to discover what Jesus was saying. And they are meek and they are earth. At the beginning of our lesson, let me quote from Gospel Light by George Lamza, a commentary by him on the Old Testament, or rather New Testament, Gospel Light. Old Testament, he has one there too. But he said this Beatitude is an oriental proverb that is commonly used still today. It refers to the type of man who does not retaliate and who is free from grasping temper which leads to dispute and quarrel and often bloodshed. Such men believe in non-resistance. They seldom protest the rulers of the earth and they are at last rewarded for their oppressors and persecutors generally perish in war and revolution. So when the people first heard this beatitude, it spoke to them on a very surface level of meaning and certainly reinforced the futility of going head-to-head with the Roman occupiers. But we don't have Roman occupiers or oppressors today, or do we? In Unity's Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, an important addition to any serious truth student's library we read that from the Latin Rome, from the Latin Rome means lifted up, exalted or the cerebral, the head as we know that Los Angeles means so biblical cities and places had secondary meetings. they all did within the identifying noun and the people knew this so what might our Roman oppressors or occupiers be for us today that we should watch out for Again, from the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary Rome represents the head in contrast to Jerusalem which represents the heart and the head is the seat of the domineering personal will to the outer man these are the seat of all strength and all power I will do it said more plainly the corollary of Rome within us is the ego and for our purposes today what is that? Well, it's the repository of everything that God never gave to us in the beginning. It is every erroneous belief that we have and yet maintain about God, about ourselves, about our brother. It is the tendency to judge, to condemn. It is the tendency to fear. And it is our need to be right so that another can be wrong. Well, you get the idea. For today's purposes, that will do. So, what does this do? Well, in the mental realm, where the heart loves and only the mind can fear. In the mental realm, it is the occupier, and it oppresses the free flow of good that is always working through us. And like the Aramaic understanding of meek, we also do not want to go head to head with the ego thought system within us. But unlike the Aramaic or Oriental proverb, these untruths that we keep within consciousness will not do themselves in without a new decision made. You know, once I decide to change my mind, your God, show me how. It's a process. So please remember, our existence is supposed to be the manifestation of life and peace and abundance and joy. For such is the nature of God who created us. This is not to say that at some point in time we will each make the choice to to no longer sustain the outer body form but until that moment and of course beyond that point life peace abundance and joy are the norm the basis for all things the way that things should be alright let's understand earth as in blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth first of all it obviously isn't a beatitude to be taken literally For Jesus said that his kingdom was not of this world and therefore he would have not given instructions as to how to possess it or have ownership of it. But metaphysically earth speaks of all things that have height and depth and width and mass. Therefore including the bodies that we wear as well as absolutely everything else that decorates our life and our world. Jesus referenced similar thoughts in other words attributed to him as well. He spoke, you will remember, of learning how to be in the world, but not of it. In this instance, world, earth, I believe, are synonymous. So he would not have been giving instructions on how to outwardly exercise control over the earth or the world at the expense of others, almost like a dictator. He also said, The prince of this world comes and finds nothing in me, which is speaking to the ever-present opportunity that you may have noticed does exist in our world, that from arrogance, we can always choose retaliation, fear, protectiveness over our perceived kingdom or our perceived uh, set of values or prominence or control. But because Jesus had erased totally the mental equivalent to these things within consciousness. He no longer danced with them. So when Jesus spoke of earth or world, he had a different point of reference entirely. The earth that Jesus spoke to then is our own personal experience. It's our environment. It's conditions, personalities, the bodies we wear. Everything that is in our world today because of the process of cause and effect. Or said another way the law behind our life always being an outpicturing of our consciousness and that we need to learn to control. Earth isn't speaking to an ego created fightdom within which we have dominance within which we have control. Now this may be so 6101 asks us to make the journey from just the realm of effects into the realm of cause, I felt the need to set the stage even more clearly. What then does meek mean? To better approach this level of meaning where that the Beatitude is speaking to or or referencing, examine within me the opposite or the antonyms to the word meek, and we would find domineering, we would find officious, fretful, dictatorial. They may indeed inherit the physical earth, but like the scribes and the Pharisees who would pray aloud on the street corners so that they could be uh, heard by man, as the scripture says, and receive accolades from them, and of whom Jesus said, they have their reward. So the rulers of the outer fiefdoms of the world also have their reward, because they usually discover that that which is taken by the sword must be defended by the sword, and there will always be someone who is stronger. So our vision of ourselves and our world, our very life, uh, must include, I believe, that we must remind ourselves of our true purpose, of what it actually is. And it isn't to build more barns and to accumulate things just for the purpose of accumulating, but it is to remember the spiritual nature of our being and as this is realized, it taps into more power than all the dictators have ever possessed. For this results in something the ego-directed force or power cannot buy, cannot win. It results in consciousness, and consciousness is what we take with us that will then manifest after its kind no matter where we find ourselves in the unlimited kingdoms of God, in whatever mansion of our Father's house we reside. Emmett Fox, in his classic book, Sermon on the Mount, states that meek is a word, it is a mental attitude for which there is no other single word available to describe it. In other words, it doesn't have a single word synonym. He thinks it's the combination of open-mindedness, of faith in the process, And the realization that the purpose for which we are created is something joyous and fulfilling more than the ego thought system could ever conceive but if we are stuck only there and its need of instant gratification we are often oppressed and persecuted by the fear that comes as we then think we have to defend what we have gained analogous the Roman occupiers of Jesus' time, but now within us. Meekness, it asks of us to go first to God and then to whatever or whomever as we are guided or led. Meekness is the attitude of mind and heart that always ends each moment of prayer with this dear God or something better. Meekness is the constant desire to walk gently through the universe doing no harm. Yet meekness is also power. But it is a kind of passive power as one learns more and more how to be the conduit for the allness of God that is then directed through us in channels of love. Jesus spoke to this as the process of inheritance. Right? Blessed are the nation. For spiritually the kingdom of the allness that is God It's always extended to us. It is always there. But we inherit it or we become consciously aware of it only when we place God first. And this is called meekness. So if you are sensing any lack or deprivation anywhere in your life, maybe seek to see if it can be traced back to the ego thought system that is serving the role of Roman occupier somewhere in your world that is closing the conduit constricting it remember one of its mottos is you go around only once in life so grab for all the gusto you can get and you're greater than that and then as we have been doing to bring this into an application within the kingdom of abundance and prosperity we might find the words blessed are they who look only to God for their fulfillment for they shall inherit the kingdom. You know, the ego thought system knows that it has to make all the decisions, all by itself. It has to respond to attack with more attack. It constantly sees the good that another receives as diminishing the good that they can receive. And like the first beatitude, it almost always confuses channel with source. And with this confusion built into consciousness, the universe of unlimited abundance has a difficult time in expressing. Remember, always through us, never to us. We are the clearinghouse for that energy. A person practicing meekness doesn't continually look backward to what seemingly was thought of at one point to be the cause of any lack or shortage. For as we do this, It but rolls over and over and over the energy that it might again manifest in the now. So, if you conceivably, the few here this morning who might be experiencing this, if there is lack demonstrating somewhere in your financial affairs, maybe do a little exploration. See if you can discover where you are placing the blame for why this is now. Was it because of what a former spouse did? Was it being unfairly fired? Is it a forgiveness issue that goes back a long, long way because of what another did now resulted in financial disparity and hardship? See, if you are reliving this experience over and over again, you're refreshing its power in your world to produce lack and shortage and irritation. And if it's worth it, and you know what you're doing, at least own up to it, you know? I cannot, I will not, I choose not to forgive that old SOB for what he did to me. And our children, 25 years ago, left us penniless and in debt. I cannot but think what things would be like today if he hadn't found someone more attractive. All right. All of these things indeed may have happened, but so did the black plague in Europe years ago. Few would see the joy in taking cultures of the bacteria so as to ensure that they never run out of the experience of its effects. And such is what we do whenever we cannot let what was be for then and not now. The ego thought system needs a pity pot upon which to sit and pontificate. And you know the only thing that this does is ensure that the smell is always present. If this be you, i you know, cut the old S will be free so that you can experience your own freedom and watch the Roman occupiers for they can also take the form of very temporary pleasant moments in people and yet their commonality is discovered whenever we see that we are making choices in responding with domineering or dictatorial thinking. See if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a duck.